I hear the spirit saying major upgrades. For me and my people. Ever, Penny, 
since we've met that we didn't go from glory to glory. Not a single season in 12 years. It's been freaking awesome. <laughs> ever brighter because it's an ever increasing innocence never getting religious never getting rebellious the narrow path of the Lamb's glory is so perfect. Just in awe of the Holy Spirit right now. <laughs> Whoa. I worship you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for leading us perfectly through so much deception in Great Babylon. It's really been a labyrinth He's led us through the labyrinth.
get that negativity in my life right now.
imagine your nostrils on the white hair of our transfigured Lord in heaven. Jesus wants you to huff his head and snark his hair right in your soul. Oh yeah. That's part of your innocence is being playful with Jesus. Now snort him. I actually spent time in the hair of Jesus. A lot of times when I do stuff, you know, with Jesus and the Father, everything always just gets magnified down to like atomic levels. What did you have to say? I this played. This is a brand new thing. I played. You have uh, not seen this before. His hair follicles were this big. highest 
level thing you've ever experienced in all Christianity of all time is the oracles of innocence. speaking out of Eden. He is speaking as an oracle of Eden the entire time. Catching up to your spirits. 
splash our love upon every soul. Mm-hmm. Tremendous breakthrough for the bride the last 24 hours. Mm. We all know about the spotless lamb, but we've never seen the spotless bride. We're in the season where members of the bride are being made spotless in their crystal clear, sparkling hearts. <clears throat> Father was showing me earlier today. Every miracle Jesus performed flowed out of the innocence of his pure heart. Power flows through purity, but there are degrees of power, there are degrees of purity, and we're really going into realms that we've never been to in all Christianity for 2,000 years. Innocence is a judgment. The white throne is white because of its innocence. Called in scripture, my perfect dove. The innocence is a great judgment. There's nothing higher than the oracle of innocence. During worship, I was seeing where Jesus was speaking from in the Gospels. He spoke every word out of Eden. It was simple love. It was complicated only because of its depths and its origin, that it came out of the eternal realm that was flowing out of his heart, because his heart was perfectly childlike and innocent all the time. The perfect purity of the Lamb is our key to resurrection power. Amen. The love glory will test you in every way. It'll test you. It'll make you uncomfortable. It'll deal with every drop of lust in your heart. It'll deal with everything you got. Sex wounds, love wounds. It's not shy. The thing about the lamb is he's omniscient. He knows what we've been in in the fall. He knows and he's not bashful or shy about dealing with people's XXX erotica, the pornography in hearts, the lewdness, the lust, the perversion, all the sexual morality. He saw what went on in the wilderness when they had the orgy. He saw all the counterfeits of the fallen angels. Every development of the seed of Christ, there's been a counterfeit in the seed of Cain for 6,000 years up until this very moment. The seed of Cain and everything the tree of the knowledge of good and evil has built in the world is still counterfeiting our spiritual breakthroughs. That those that haven't had their hearts purified are still continuously deceived by the enemy. And it's just astonishing. His power to keep us is so much greater than the enemy's power to deceive us. Been on this path 20 years much of what we've been through is just brand new, never been done before, and just fresh and pioneering. And even though the enemy always comes to shut down every pioneering work, 
it can't shut down Christ. If you're in love with Christ, you'll receive any correction, any rebuke, anything, because you just want to grow with Him. You don't care about carnal pleasure. You don't care about riches or fame. You don't care about anything except falling more in love with Jesus. That's what it boils down to. That's building on the solid rock. The solid rock is, I don't care about any of this other stuff. I just want Jesus, and I want to grow in love with Jesus. That's the foundation for all building, of all revelation, and the river of life gushing from our hearts. But it is a growing work, meaning it's not the same experience of love as when you first met Him. Just like marriage, your relationship gets richer, more developed if it's based on true agape love. Gets deeper and deeper all the time. True love, that's the anchor for our souls. If your soul is based on true agape love, you cannot be deceived very long. No doubt about it, you'll get deceived at times. We all do, because you're in Babylon the Great. You have 200 million demons here trying to deceive you every day. But they can't deceive Jesus. He's overcome Satan. So if your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your five natural senses are bound to Christ in your heart, he can only deceive you momentarily. It will soon just be destroyed by love. He'll come out and he'll fight your enemies for you. All you got to do during spiritual warfare is pull your head like a tortoise back inside the shell of the secret place of intimacy. The armor of God is divine love. It's not something you put on. It's something Christ puts on through your yielding and leaning into Him on the inside. The greater the spiritual warfare against you, it's a greater opportunity to lean and yield to Christ within you. And when you yield to Christ in you, the oracle of Eden speaks. It's a season of the oracle of Eden, the oracle of innocence. There's nothing more high level than speaking out of Eden and innocence. There are spiced mountains in Eden. God wants us to speak from the mountaintops of the Garden of Eden, where the eagles fly over the golden mountains, the spiced mountains of Song of Songs. We're mountain climbers. What's the climbing of the mountains of the Garden of Eden? Growing in divine love. Having a richer and richer experience in your heart. Meaning, not staying the same. Meaning you'll be tested and tempted as you grow. It's not safe. It's wild. It's unpredictable. There will be enemies. <laughs> the serpent will try to test you, test your heart. Do you really love him? Or do you want mixture? Do you want mixture in your love glory? We'll throw in some carnal appetites. Is it just lust you're after? Are you just looking for natural pleasure? Do you really want the spiritual pleasure of, guard, of the Garden of Eden? You're tested and tempted. The serpent does not want you to leave the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He will test you every step of the way back into Eden. He has me for 20 years. Every day. Tested and tempted. Do you really want to have the restoration of all things? 
of the curse of the fall? Do you want to completely come out of the curse of the knowledge of good and evil back into the knowledge of the glory of love? And yes, we do. And we're not sure sometimes, and so we stagger, and a righteous man falls seven times and gets back up again. And there's never been a single person that's walked anything even close to perfect after they're born again. So all this judgmental, pharisaical crap out there, just burn that up too. Because the Father is so patient with your growth. You'd be surprised how your angels want you to get messy and sloppy just so you can grow. Get out of the stagnant, the, the stagnant water. Get out of the Laodicean spirit. He wants you to be a little wild. He can use wild people. He wants you to be a little crazy in testing him and moving forward. It's the people that are prim and proper and trying to have it all together. They can't even grow hardly at all. It's the wild ones that grow the fastest. Get wild. Everyone here at the, the forefront of Joel's army is wild. That's the only way you're here. <laughs> you're a wild lover, and you're not really scared of getting a little messy during your spiritual growth. It's like childbirth. You have umbilical cords flying all over the place, blood and water and billows of smoke. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Armageddon. Multiple babies. Every, every single birth is like Armageddon. <laughs> so it is with the birthing of the Son of God from your spiritual stomachs. It really is blood and fire and billows of smoke. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can you get messy and not get discouraged and not be ashamed? Can you dismiss the serpent lies? during your spiritual growth. People get caught up in hearing the enemy and focus on themselves way too much. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus who's authoring and perfecting your faith. Despising what? The shame for the joy set before him. Every day you can look at the shame of the mistakes you've made in your past or you can look at Jesus, the joy. Until the joy is all that remains. Jesus Christ said, until your joy be complete and overflowing. What is overflowing joy? It only comes out of perfect innocence, a spotless bride. The members of the bride, at the sound of my voice, are purifying their hearts by letting his innocent waters form through their whole heart. There's a place of having a clear heart. A clear heart is living in full glory. You can feel it. I mean, you're, you're feeling tastes of glory. You're having glimpses of glory. But the purer your heart is, the more your soul sees God. The pure in heart see God. Matthew 5. Amen? I mean, I'm talking about your mind seeing God on the throne in your heart. The pure in heart see God. But those that have different things in their heart, listen. The most deceptive thing is trying to be good outwardly and not inwardly. And listen, when you try to get good inwardly and get your heart refined, it looks ugly outwardly. And so all the hypocrites are judging you as you're getting your heart refined. <laughs> I've never seen anyone be truly sanctified of heart and not be judged outwardly as a sinner because their sins are coming up. You know what I mean? And these people are all behind the scenes gossiping, they're having sex with Jesus. They're astral projecting and having sex with each other. And all this, all this weird stuff. I mean, I have watched this for 11 years. That the people 
that are the hypocrites of the natural realm are judging the stuff that's coming. If it comes out of our hearts who are pioneering it, how much more does it exist in all humanity's hearts? The Bible says that all sin is common to everyone. The only difference is there's people that don't care about getting undignified in front of others and purifying their hearts for the purification of all humanity. It's called being a scapegoat. It's intercession. It's burden bearing. (laughs) Our breakthroughs are never individual. We're one body. Those that are not willing to get undignified in front of others just don't have any part in the rewards that we're breaking through for the whole body. It's always messy. That's why he is messy and messianic. The Messiah gets dirty. Listen, the priest worked in the guts and the gore and the blood of the animal sacrifice. There was nothing clean about it except the Spirit himself. Every day they'd be covered in blood of the animal. They'd be covered and not you're sawing open goats, you're sawing open sheep. You're tearing birds apart. You're doing all this work with the animal flesh. And you'd be covered in animal flesh, head to toes, six days a week. How disgusting is that? But then every morning you get the white garments. You get new garments. His mercies, new every morning. It is a thousand times more intense and nasty dealing inside the human animal, which is true priesthood of Melchizedek work. And we are in the priesthood of Melchizedek, the new covenant, that works inside the human flesh, inside the human blood, the human heart, and the human brain to heal human beings back to what they were before the fall. That's called the priesthood of Melchizedek, written in the book of Hebrews three times. We're not in the priesthood of Leviticus. That was the types and shadows of working within the animal nature, which is the human nature, the beast nature in the soul. And it is so ugly and disgusting, most people just get offended immediately. (laughs) You know what I mean? They just can't handle one drop of the priesthood of Melchizedek. You go into the midst of that work, and you get dirty every day. And there isn't a day off, because you're always working. Once these doors open for you, and you're living in the depths of the Holy Spirit, these living waters require you to cleanse hearts. (laughs) They require you to go into the filth of the animal and cleanse it. The cleaner you are, the dirtier the dirt of the world will be attracted to you. This isn't being separated from the world and not dealing with the world. It's being separate from the world and then using the holiness of being separated in your heart and all the living water that that produces to wash the world. Behold the Lamb of God that is taken out of the world. No, that takes away the sins of the world. He went right into the depths of hell. He's our example, the high priest. Jesus went into the depths of the decadence of man and dealt with sin on the deepest level of the roots of the hearts of the nations. He dealt with the roots of all evil. He dealt with Tartarus and the the bowels and the belly of the earth. Jesus Christ died and went to hell, but he never sinned, so he was raised from the dead, so that anyone whose mind is attached to Jesus can participate in the works in the hearts of nations and raise the dead. Not just physically, but spiritually. uh, Philippians 3.10, 
It talks about the resurrection morally and spiritually while in the body. Amplified Classic, read it. There's a resurrection of the heart and the mind from the earth into the heavenly realm. The kingdom of heaven means living in the realm of glory. Anytime you read in the gospel, Jesus Christ talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, it's talking about the realm of his glory. How do you live in the glory realm of the kingdom? You have to have a heart that's in that place. A pure heart, a clean hand. Who can ascend the mountain of God? Who can ascend the mountain of the kingdom of God? Who can live in the high holy glory? A clean heart, pure hands, a spotless bride. There is a group of people that will live on the mountaintop. There's a city being built there right now. That city is built by the spirit of holiness that raises the dead. Your hearts are feeling the increase and the ascension, the internal ascension, the internal resurrection from the dead. Demon possession and demonic influence is because the mind is pegged to things in the, in the natural realm. That's what idolatry is. Idolatry pegs the brain to the natural realm. That person has settled for an idol inheritance in the natural realm. There's just, it's just absolute unholiness. It's the wickedness of the world. When you let go in your mind from the natural inheritance... Then you begin to taste the spiritual inheritance, the resurrection from the dead. You have to choose which realm you want an inheritance in. The sons of God have constantly picked their inheritance in the glory realm, the realm of His presence and glory called the kingdom of heaven, scorning all the natural inheritance. Not saying that it won't be added unto you, saying, I want the Father added unto me. Our inheritance, according to the Old Testament, is God himself. And the priest's portion shall be their God. When you get God the Father on the inside through a pure heart, how many of y'all know he made heaven and earth? And he knows how to add the best things in the world unto you. Our problem is, is we go after the stuff instead of going after God. And we go after God a lot of times out of deception, trying to find him in the stars or something. You need to find God in the center of your heart. You need to start building on the foundation of Christ in you. No one can ascend the mountain unless they have the internal spring of John chapter 4, the woman at the well. She was given the internal spring. She had gone through five husbands and the one she's living with now is not a husband. She's, I mean, this is a woman looking for a way to get to the top. And nothing in the natural realm existed to get her there. It had to come into her belly and become a well of living water that sprung up through her soul into eternal life. It brought her up into the city of heavenly Jerusalem. There is a spring for every person that springs up in the bowels of compassion in their own heart. It springs up out of your innermost being and it lifts your mind into a higher elevation. Everyone's mind in the entire world is at a spiritual elevation. Most people, it's very, very low. The greater your idolatry, the lower your mind in the elevation of the universe. Your mind can be anywhere 
from Tar Taurus, the lowest pit in hell, all the way up to the throne of God. You can have the same mind as God, the mind of Christ, in the throne room mind. You can have your mind burning with the rainbow emerald glow of Revelation chapter 4. Amen? That's what we need to have. We need to have a mind that's no longer in this world, even in this universe. We need to have the mind that's right above the universe in heaven. The mind of Christ. The mind of the throne room. The mind that's controlled by the Spirit that pours like a river from the throne of God and the Lamb. Revelation 22.1 That's the river of the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is a river that's always moving and flowing out of our heads. It's always creating. Everywhere the river flows, it brings new life. The emerald glow around his throne, that's the river. The rainbow, what comes from moisture hitting the atmosphere, moisture hitting the light. You you throw mist up into a bright light, you get a rainbow. That's because the river is gushing out of Jesus' heart that there's a rainbow around his soul. He's watering the universe by, by sitting on his throne. Amen. That's what you need to do also. Every overcomer sits on the throne and has the fullness of the Father's power flowing through them. The issue is, oftentimes our hearts are not pure enough to release enough power to do that work. When you're releasing that much power, then you'll empower armies of angels. So when the manifesting sons appear, all the angels of heaven will be empowered. But they, they can only work in that rainbow, in that mist, in that glory. So it takes a lot of manifesting of the glory of heaven into the earth dimension to empower the angels to work and harvest every soul. We've been praying for harvest, but we need to be releasing the river. If you're not releasing the river that's causing a rainbow, there's not enough angel power to harvest anything. The angels are the workers at the end of the age. They bring forth the harvest. There's this angel that will take a soul and help it inherit salvation. Hebrews chapter 1, it is written. But the angels run on glory. Your spirit in Christ runs on glory. And unless we have the knowledge of how the glory works and the plumbing of the temple of the Holy Spirit, we're just going to be praying prayers out into the dry air. So it comes from intimacy in the Garden of Eden in your heart that releases all the moisture, like the dew of heaven. Moses' song, My words descend as dew upon the tender mown grass. I'm not just releasing dry letters that kill. We're not frickin' Pharisees murdering people with religion around here. I'm releasing the dew, clouds that are full of rain. So when the rain comes... In the rain is the Word, and the Word is planted with the water so it can grow up to bear 30, 60, and 100-fold fruit in everyone that drinks the rain of heaven. Amen. The moisture is necessary. (laughs) It's going to get very, very wet down here. And the glory of God is the wetness. And it will cause everything to bear fruit. And everything that doesn't bear fruit will be uprooted by the angels. Scripture says that. So only in the watering of the glory of God upon all flesh for a very long time can there ever be judgment. God's judgment comes through gardening. 
We think that we can just pray and command things, demand things, and you'd be screaming at government for a hundred million years, nothing would change. Unless you manifest the garden works of the Father, the Father deals with root systems, he'll deal with seeds, he'll deal with branches, he's a vine dresser, the Bible says that he's always working as, as a gardener. You want judgment, you want justice in society, you want the wicked removed and the righteous ruling and reigning, you have to manifest an atmosphere of Eden that the Father can do the garden works. And so that's what we need to go into. Beating our swords into pruning hooks and plowshares and learning how to be like our Father in heaven. Watering everything is crucial. You water even the bad seeds. People don't know this. You have to water. The Bible says that He causes His rain to fall on the just and unjust. And the wheat and the weeds shall grow up together. It is written. <laughs> so when harvest time comes, when the tares that are not bowed over in worship, they'll be uprooted, bound together, and burned in bundles. But the wheat he'll bring into his barns. The wheat he'll bring into his refuge cities. The wheat he'll bring into heavenly Jerusalem. There's a bringing of the wheat of those who have received the word and the rain that are beginning to bow by feeling the glory. What's the bowing of the wheat at harvest time? It's the head heavy with the glory of God. It's going into five-hour trances because your head is like total whiteout. It's hearing Joel's bar and getting tired, but it's not a tiredness of the flesh. It's a tiredness of angelic surgery. It's a tiredness that I'm going to about to pass out here because I'm getting hit so hard with the Holy Spirit. And when you're knocked out, that's a bowing to the glory of God. It's a surrender to His power. There is so much outflowing resurrection power here, and people are bowing all over the world. When they're bowing to the power, it proves that there are wheat that will be brought into heavenly Jerusalem. The more and more you encounter the glory, feel the glory, and bow your flesh to the glory for the glory to work in you, the faster you'll rise. Amen. It's worship. It's not just worship and dry religion. It's worship in the glory that causes your flesh to feel it and surrender to it. God is a spirit, and he's called the spirit of burning. I think we better feel him. If his, if his presence is related to fire in the scriptures, if we were to throw you into a furnace at 2,000 degrees, you'd feel it. And God is often referred to as fire like a furnace in scripture. Your flesh and your very bones, it's a holy fire and it's a healing fire. But it, you will feel it so physically that your body will just bow to it. We need all flesh to bow to the fire of God. The fire and the glory of God. And it will. The presence and the power of God will come through the purity of our hearts so considerably that all flesh will acknowledge the presence They'll put language to what they're feeling. Let everyone in the world feel the power of God. And how do you get power? You bring your heart to Him, and you let Him tear out everything that doesn't bear fruit. Is there stuff growing in you that didn't come from the throne of God? There is in everyone. 
It's true. I've, I'll deal with prophets that can see stuff like the prophet Samuel of old, seers. And I'll ask him, have you ever seen a person that wasn't under demonic influence? They'll be like, nope, they don't exist. <laughs> if, you, if you have zero demonic influence in your life, and I'm not saying you're demon-possessed. I'm saying something in the world that still has a hook in your heart. One little seed growing in your heart that's from the world system. We have not been made completely perfect yet. When we are, you'll know. Because you'll be changed in an instant. In a twinkling of an eye. There's a transfiguration coming where the manifesting sons of God are transfigured on earth. God has never allowed that to happen before. When people would walk the path, they'd be taken like Enoch, they'd be taken like Elijah. God has never allowed transfiguration, the fullness of the reverse of the curse, on the public stage on earth until this time. That's what this time is. The manifesting sons and daughters of God will be transfigured before the nation's eyes. They'll overcome death before everyone's eyes. You've never seen anything like this before in the history of humanity. They'll rewrite the history books. They'll rewrite science. The whole world will melt away as you know it. All the laws will be changed when the law of love is physically seen through everyone's eyeballs. There's a parousia and a powerful presence of God now in His second coming, but it will intensify through our hearts every day. The acceleration is so fierce that an age used to be a thousand years, now it's every two years. And I believe it'll be like every one year now, maybe every one month in the future. That's how much glory is coming in to the earth. Time is irrelevant in eternity. And we know this is the day of the Lord, but it's really an eternal day. Where people will be in so much glory that they'll be young at a hundred, because time will have ceased. Death will have been swallowed up in victory. It's true. When the light of God rises in your heart, and your, your entire being, your soul, runs on the light of the throne, and you're orbiting on the eternal throne of Jesus in your heart and not around the sun, you have escaped time. You have overcome time. You're in a different world than those who live in the animal nature. Just as mere animals going around the solar system every 24 hours, every day, every sunrise, all of that, you are in a different world when your soul orbits eternity. It begins just by acknowledging Christ in you, but then the morning star rises in your heart, and when it's set in your soul, as the center of your soul and your brain, there is a complete removing from the world system, a complete separating from this world's natural light to run on His entirety of glory light, perfect holiness. There's nothing brighter than the God that created the stars, and He lives inside of us, we just have not yielded to Him in levels that blots out the noonday sun, but we will go there. There is a measure of brightness and light that Jesus walked in in Acts chapter 9, the firstborn amongst many, where He appears to Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus that He blotted out the noonday sun. It was 100 degrees out, sun's blaring on Him, but then this other light that, was, that superseded the natural light appeared and blinded Him. That's the glory light in full splendor. That's the Word of God coming from God the Father in the throne room of heaven. 
and it's encountering a religious person and revealing to him the true light. Man's light has been the light of the sun. That's a, that's a light you can control. That's an animal light. It's a religious light. Jesus Christ said, Beware that the light in you is not actually darkness. What is the light in you that's actually darkness? It's sunlight. It's starlight. What is the true light that's come into the world that those that practice false light hate? It's the light of His glory. You are only persecuted for righteousness' sake when you walk in the light of His glory. All the natural light, all the gnosis light, all the knowledge of good false light of the serpents in the garden is actually darkness. That's the religion of Satan and his angels that's in the world. It's all about light. And there's two different light spectrums here. One's glory and one's natural. The natural light is the false light of the fallen angels that's in the world. You have to grow in the glory light and it will remove all the natural curse out of you. It will. And you'll have the true light, the morning star. Jesus Christ is called in Peter in Revelation and in Job the morning star. The morning star is the true light. It's the throne of God. <laughs> it's the throne of God in the Lamb, the throne room rising in your heart. And when your mind begins to run on that light, that's what it means to go from glory to glory. It's an ever-increasing yielding to the ability of God's glory light. It's called knowledge of the glory. It's the eating of the tree of life. You eat from the tree of life and you grow in the knowledge of the glory. It's the ability of the glory and it rises right from the center of your heart until your day dawns right out your forehead. And people look into you and your face is brighter than the noonday sun. That day is fast approaching. Daniel 12 says they'll shine as the stars of the heavens forever. How does your face shine as a star in the heaven? Because the true light, the Acts chapter 9 light of Jesus that's brighter than the sun, has risen in your heart. And there's a time set apart by God the Father that this will happen. It's approaching quickly, very quickly. And it's all in God's sovereignty, too. You can't really mess this stuff up. We've tried. I mean, we have. it's amazing how God's power can keep you in the narrow path. If you truly love Him in your heart, nothing can take you off course. Nothing. You'll be deceived a thousand times, but you'll quickly repent because you're in love. <laughs> and those serpents get judged. And I see that's how God, in His infinite wisdom, has brought judgment upon the fallen angels. That He allowed you to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And all of it clung to you. And you committed all of its sins. Everyone did. Every genealogy, every bloodline committed all the sins of the fallen angels. So we're completely unworthy. But then Jesus came into our hearts and he turned darkness into light and forgave our sins. All the sins of the world that were in our hearts, in our bloodlines, in our DNA are turned to light by the transmutation power of Jesus Christ. He literally just turns the darkness into light. That's what his glory does. Uh, Luke 7, 47, whoever's forgiven much loves much. What is forgiveness? Even though all that sin was on you, all those demons were in you and on you, and everything you did in your life was sin and darkness, when Jesus comes into you, all of it is forgiven, turned from darkness to light. We had to go through it. We walk through all the sins of the fallen angels. It started with the first sin that you can be good in your own ability. 
It started with the, just the little white lie of religion, of human goodness. Eve ate it, Adam ate it, and we fell out of glory. We don't need the glory anymore. We can be good just by our own strength. The ability of the flesh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so we walk through all the root system, the trunk, the sap, the branches, all the fruits of it, to this very day, of everything the fallen angels have planted in the world of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But the tree of life grew up from below that realm. Jesus went underneath the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He went higher than the, the branches of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They filled the whole universe. Babylon the Great is the maturation of the serpent's tree in the garden, which is flesh ability. Jesus went lower than its roots and higher than its branches, and he consumed it from within. He planted the seed of the tree of life inside the nations 2,000 years ago, and we are uprooting it and burning it out of the earth and the heavens by its development in our heart. By yielding to Jesus in your heart, you are participating with the bride of Christ who is burning away all the works of Satan and his angels out of all flesh in the world. And that's what it means to be an overcomer. They overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony and by not loving their lives even unto death. Revelation 12, 11. And so we've overcome Satan and his temptations, the false goodness of religion, the false pleasures of rebellion, and the whole human nature has been sacrificed by eating from the tree of life. Every time you receive revelation, you change inwardly. You change your heart. Rev People reject prophetic revelation, living words that come from God, the oracles of Eden, the, the oracles of innocence. They reject it because true prophetic revelation transfigures your heart. A sower sows seed in the heart. And anyone that actually wants to change, changes. Most don't. What changes most is the ones that decide to change inwardly become a covering tree of life over their flesh. And they don't have free will anymore. You become the covering atmosphere and the influence of all minds. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. David walked in it. Sovereignty. The tree of life is the removal of man's rebellion. That's why people are just dropping like flies out there. You don't really have a choice. Siding with Satan is not really a choice. It's just the removal of your life from the earth. It's true. And the ones that go deep enough in the glory make that choice for you, and that's why we're persecuted. It's the fragrance of death to those that are dying. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, it is written. The ones that live out of the Garden of Eden and the roots and the whole tree of life on earth as it is in heaven. The tree of life is in two places on both sides of the river in Revelation because it's fully inside the bride on earth and fully inside Jesus in heaven. And the two are becoming one, heaven and earth, on earth as it is in heaven. It's the marriage of heaven and earth from within a people on earth that will bear God's fruit. There's nothing more mature than fruitfulness. There's nothing more mystical than growing the Garden of Eden in your heart. Seed time and harvest, bearing fruit, fruit that lasts, learning how to sow, learning how to garden, learning how to water, watering everyone. You want to see breakthrough in your spouses and your families, so they're rebellious, my kids are on drugs, my spouse is a, an idiot, everyone sucks. Listen, 
Water them. Water the bad seed. Bring it to maturation. If those people are a mess, Jesus Christ demonstrated in the gospel a mystery that the water falls on just and unjust. You have justice by bringing the bad seed in people's heart to the surface and it gets condemned when you water them. And love is that water. If you love your enemies, Jesus Christ commanded you to do it because it will mature the seeds of the evil one from their heart into the surface of the earth and it will kill them. It will kill the sin. Love is judgment because it waters whatever is growing in your heart. The love glory is the fastest way to judge someone and to bring them into harvest. It doesn't matter where they're at. If you learn to love people like Jesus did, He could bring judgment upon the whole world in just three years of ministry because you watered everyone. Because that's how you end Satan's seed. Water Satan's seed and let it grow up and die. Clearly, and the more you water it, the faster it grows up and dies. The brighter you shine through your face in the light of the glory, the faster the seeds of the evil one and the righteous one grow up and mature in the earth. And God wants them both to mature. The maturation of all things. The climax of the ages and the maturation of the times. There's a maturation of all seed because the sons of God get into perfect garden works and water everyone perfectly, and then bring the light through their souls of the glory of God, the bright cloud will then completely hatch those seeds and mature them through all flesh. Doesn't matter what's growing in anyone's heart. Mm-hmm. I don't care what the demons have done with anyone. I don't, it doesn't matter what kind of sorcery, secret society, what kind of wizardry, witches, religion, rebellion. All the kingdom of hell is so easily judged when we enter garden works and just get into the simplicity of the gospel, what Jesus actually walked in. Hey, I got rivers flowing out of my heart. John 7, 38. What are the rivers for? To mature all the seeds. Oh, I got a bright cloud over my head. Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew chapter 11. What's the bright cloud for? What's the brightness of the transfiguration? Glory to God is to mature the seed that you're watering in everyone, good seed and bad seed. And that's how he swiftly brought judgment and justice to the whole world in his generation. And we're going to have an army of sons of God that operate in the same garden works, the same river release, the same seeds being sowed perfectly out of the Garden of Eden, and the same brightness from our souls to make it all mature. And it will all be judged and the whole earth will be cleansed through our garden works in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Partner with garden works. So into this ministry. Donate at brethren.com and be blessed. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Amen. Glory.